Hello, I'm Carrie Gard and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Welcome back to season 11. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Danny Wolf. If you haven't had a chance to listen to my conversation with Danny, definitely jump back in. Super important around really understanding your audience and how we can do better to pick up the phone and figure out how best we can serve our customers. Audience first. I'm with you, Danny. I'm in it. Speaking of best serving our customers, in this episode, I chat with Chris Spellman. Chris is a senior demand generation manager at Offensive Security. He is a marketing leader with over a decade of experience helping organizations grow, and he is dedicated to leading orgs in a driving brand, demand, and revenue. Chris and I talk about what it means to be a mission-driven organization, to have a real message about creating a real difference in the world, then backing it up through all your marketing efforts. He really breaks it down. He really brings it to life on exactly how we all can do this and how we well, we really need to. So thank you, Chris. And uh, let's take a listen. Hello, Chris. Thank you for joining me on Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. It's going to be a good conversation. Before we kick off, I always like to start with this question so people get to know you beyond uh, our topic today. But what do you do, Chris, and how did you get there? Sure. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I am a senior demand generation manager for Offensive Security, which is a cybersecurity training company. And we offer you know, a lot of online training opportunities for people looking to deepen their skills in, in this area. But uh, to answer the other part of your question, I did, I did take a bit of a circuitous path uh, to get where I am today. So I studied a major in philosophy in college, uh, did take some business and psychology courses as well, which I think have helped with marketing, um, definitely. But, um, you know, kind of after a couple of years after graduation, got into SEO blogging um, for a small business back then, then kind of parlayed that into working for a software company doing marketing, um, worked for a marketing agency for a while, and then Fortune 500 manufacturing company. And then most recently, I've, I've worked for two cybersecurity companies. Uh, so I've actually been doing cybersecurity marketing since 2017. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been in the marketing manager role. I've been in marketing operations manager role, and now I'm in demand gen, as I mentioned. And, you know, I really think uh, a key part of my journey also is actually transitioning from kind of more of a MarTech heavy focus on quote unquote lead gen um, to like more of a holistic approach to demand generation where brand drives demand. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that, you know, we, it's good to, or very important for marketers to know their customers, use tactics to educate and help them, such as this podcast, uh, rather than just sort of always having the goal of collecting email addresses, driving leads, that, that sort of thing uh, solely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a great journey, uh, to where I am today. I have so many questions to look back <laughs> okay. at, but before, before I dive yeah, into some yeah, of those, yeah. um, I, all right, I'm just going to dive in cause I can't help myself. <laughs> okay, but no the SEO journey to the lead gen to the demand gen is, right. is such an interesting one to me. 
in terms of SEO, how does that how does that fit into today? Are you still invested in the SEO place or is that sort of just all encompassing and you rely on other people? Like is SEO still a part of what you do? Yeah. So for my particular role right now, um, we, we actually target a B2B audience and a B2C audience. So it's kind of this interesting mix of uh, individual students who are taking our courses and then businesses that are buying it for their employees or for their people. Um, so I think given that, like we do invest in SEO, but it's actually more for the B2C side, which, mm-hmm. and I'm more involved with the B2B side uh, personally, right, where I am. So uh, yeah, so it's kind of this interesting mix of I'm not doing as much SEO for for my own uh, B2B demand gen, but I do see the value and and we are doing it um, at my company, uh, you know, for for B2C. Yeah, it's a mindset. Um, And then from lead gen to demand gen, I feel like demand gen is definitely taking on a whole, uh, it's definitely a role now. Like I see a lot of people with that role. and so making the leap from lead gen to me, I love how you said that. Like, it's more about knowing your audience and encompassing what they mm. need. Um, right. What made you, did you make that leap or was it just a natural progression from lead gen to demand gen? What was the journey specifically there of how you went about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had worked in B2B, um, you know, marketing roles in the past uh, for several years and, I think it always, uh, you know, I worked in manufacturing, which tends to be heavy on lead gen, I think maybe even today, uh, but definitely back then it was. Um, and it, it was just sort of, I, I got kind of brought into marketing or brought up in marketing doing lead gen tactics and not really focus on the more progressive demand gen tactics that, it, that we have today, such as the podcast and, you know, paid social is maybe not direct response and just certain, th- I mean, just a, a couple of examples real quick, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think actually just listening to podcasts and on LinkedIn myself, uh, I've really kind of gotten into, uh, you know, different luminaries in, in demand gen, whether it's Chris Walker, uh, Dave Gerhardt, I and mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of them out there. Uh, but I think those two in particular have been very influential for me. So um, but yeah, I just kind of found Chris Walker randomly 2018 on LinkedIn and been following him ever since got into his podcast, uh, listened to that pretty much all every day, <laughs> more or less. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to, um, educate myself on these sorts of things and then just sort of be a recovering lead Jenner that <laughs> becomes a, a true demand Jenner. So yeah, yeah. I love that. Yes. I think the world is shifting away from needing leads, leads, leads all the time to mm-hmm. a more holistic approach that's Definitely. more audience focused. Like it's the audience has changed. We need to change with them. Mm. Okay. Before we get into our topic, which I am, which I can't wait to dig into, let's talk about what, you know, as demand gen marketer working in cybersecurity right now. And so curious too, so interesting in how you're you know, more about the training materials of cybersecurity and what that means. So I think you're going to, this is going to be an interesting question for you specifically of like, what's one challenge you're currently facing in this unique position you're in? Yeah. I mean, I I think really kind of goes back to what we've just been talking about around like mindset and approach rather than say like specific tactical challenges or things like that. Although the tactics do flow from the mindset, I believe. Um, so yeah, again, I mentioned very MarTech heavy. It was a marketing operations person. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's it's a really great, important role. But I think sometimes people can be too overly invested and too overly dependent on technology and 
marketing technology specifically when in when doing marketing and it kind of is like a crutch or a way to uh you know overly rely on that and not do the fundamentals which i again i think i was guilty as charged there so um you know uh, a couple of years ago I did transition to as i mentioned more the contemporary demand gen uh role and um you know i i found uh this to be definitely a challenge for, for me just it's such a huge mindset shift and and just seeing that but yeah listening to you know, reading things on LinkedIn, watching videos, listening to podcasts, all of that, you know, I think it really helped me adopt a, this new mindset that's based on today's B2B buyer. How long have you been doing the demand gen sort of mindset, do you think? Sorry, how long have I? Yeah, um, how long have you been, how long, you know, I feel like this is relatively new. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's, um, I mean, so I was doing marketing operations in 20, early 2020, um, and I think that's when I started to shift. So about, about two years ago uh, was like kind of the, the full shift for me, but um, I sort of had inklings of it maybe the year before as well. Was it a huge learning curve, or do you feel like it just felt really natural? What was, it, what was the experience for you? Yeah, so I think it, it it was sort of both actually. So like it it just made so much sense to me, and it was kind of like why why was I doing this like old like you know put your email address here, get an ebook, get do a nurture emails like you know why like why was I doing something so like overly um, uh, you know something so so overly simple that was like not really effective in the end at the end. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it was actually sort of very natural, but um, also challenging to, to just kind of overcome those prejudices that I had built up for my whole career, basically. I totally agree. I um, it's definitely a mind shift, and so when you're taught one way for so long, right? You know, which is all about the sales team getting them the right leads, so they can make calls, and it's so like bottom of the funnel, and and. Mm. And 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 that to pull up again, oh, it yeah, it I can feel like my brain working <laughs> right here, I can feel the pressure, um, which I yeah. think leads really naturally and beautifully into our conversation today. Which yeah, you know where we connected was around what you were calling mission first. So, right. what does that mean to you, mission first? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think, you know, essentially mission first, it really is just adopting a mindset again, uh, which is based on the, the mission of your organization and having a, a legitimate and a really authentic and a good mission. And that's not just making money, you know, essentially. So, um, you know, or at least more than that. Um, so, you know, I think being in, you know, I've loved working in cybersecurity for these past five years or so. Um, and really, because we are mission first, I mean, we're in cybersecurity, especially, I think it's really obvious because we're we're you know trying to secure the world from cyber attacks, and that's such an important and timely uh, thing right now. So, um, you know, but I think really every organization can and should have a, a firm mission, and it needs to be something, as I said, you know, more than just making money, and also can't be something fluffy like uh, I don't know, bettering mankind or, or something like that. You know, that has really no uh, grounding in, you know, something really uh, specific. So, you know, I don't know, an example that I, I thought of was like for a MarTech vendor um, and to go back to mar marketing technology, but, you know, their mission could be to help marketers do a better job of demand gen or whatever, you know, area that they're supporting in, the, in their tool. 
uh, and to reach their goals, help their customers. And, you know, that's kind of, I had this thought, like, um, it's, it's really about helping your customers, customers, essentially, that, that, that should be your mission in a way. I mean, obviously, there's, there's more than that. But, um, you, you know, being really focused on, on helping your customers, customers, meaning, you know, helping those, those end, that kind of end user and uh, someone who's going to benefit from, from that. First of all, it's not about you. Sure, sure. And in some ways, it's not even about your client. It's about right. who your client's trying to serve. So if you can think through, yeah, I mean, we're sort of, you know, as an advertising agency, we're even trying to think about that. Like, yes, it's about the, it's about the marketing person we're trying to help, sure. but it's about the problems that marketing person is trying to solve, which is the ultimately for the end user on their end. It's very, yeah, it's, it's a lot to figure out, but so important because if you can figure that out, people will naturally come on board. I mean, that's the whole point of admission, right? It's to bring exactly. people in without right. it sort of does the selling for you. Right. Exactly. And I mean, in some ways it's actually kind of goes back to what we're talking about with demand generation. I mean, you're creating demand for your product because you have a mission that people believe in and it's something you're building a brand and you're not just collecting email addresses. I mean, again, you're, you're building this brand that people want to stand behind and be a part of. It's almost like a movement in a way that I think good brands do that um, and really make like a, a real affiliation for, for that specific brand. Um, rather again rather than just sort of being this commodity product that they're trying to you know edge out the the million competitors they have and then it all seems like it's the same thing so yeah it almost makes your mission gosh this sounds so trite because we're like not nasa trying to travel the moon or anything but like mission mm. critical right yeah. like if you're yeah, yeah. doing demand gen having right. a very clear outcome of what so what what makes up a mission yeah. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you could say like, uh, like just to go back to the example of my own company, you know, what we do with cybersecurity, I mean, we're really try. our mission really is to try to, or not try, but to, you know, succeed in, in educating people who are looking to secure the world from cyber attacks, I guess it's just a quick way of saying it. And I didn't really um, uh, and think about like a, a fancy way of, of putting it, but um, but, you know, we're, our mission really is to educate these people and train them in ways that they will be able to then, again, you know, secure the, the world from these attacks. So it's sort of, again, it's kind of like you're helping your customers, customers. So like who our customer, are these students are the people taking the training, but then the customer of theirs is the company that they're working for, that they're, they're securing. So they're working for these big enterprises and they're securing them from attacks. So they're working from for government. So they're working for educational institutions or whatever it happens to be. Um, you know, you know, their, their customers, um, are the ones that are, they're being secured. And so our mission is ultimately to kind of through our students that, that take our courses, we're enabling, um, the security throughout the world, really. I'm going to unpack that. So the key word there is education, which I don't feel like you hear a lot in a right, mission statement, right. unless you're yes, in education. Yeah. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really powerful in and of itself when you're talking about enabling. So you're, you know, what's so powerful about that is, is that you are essentially 
changing the world in a way in that what you're doing, you're not solely reliant on. I feel like there's a lot of scary tactics in cybersecurity. Like, ah, you better secure your data and information quick before you're hacked. Like everything implodes where like the direction you're coming from and the mission you are, you and your company are after is more of like, how can we all work together to create this as a safer space? And let's give you the right tools in order to do that. Like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, in your experience of the last five years in cybersecurity, clearly like, I don't know what the last company was you worked for. Maybe this is a good comparison because in you being so mission focused, um, was did you jump from that company to this company because you believe more in this mission or did the other company have a good mission as well? What sort of your take in being able to have the luxury of comparing two different ideas? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the other firm I worked for was actually a nonprofit. So it was very, very mission focused. Um, It was, uh, you know, I I think we, when I had left there, we had about 250 employees. I mean, it was fairly large. Um, and it really operated I me. Mean, we had a marketing team, we had sales, we had a lot of the functions that you would find in a for-profit company. Um, and, you know, we didn't do fundraising or things like that. It was really just f- formed uh, through different people who had been involved in government and who wanted to create this organization that was going to be kind of neutral or not, not, you know, not a for-profit company, essentially. Um, so, yeah, it was extremely mission focused there. And I think that that kind of inspired me. And um, you know, I mean, I, where I am today, I, I do have a passion more for education, I think, just from my history and background. So I really was attracted to that aspect and focus of where I am today. But uh, the previous one was also, you know, just as mission focused, if not more. I mean, just you know, it, very impressive um, to, to work for that organization. They would produce um, what they call benchmarks, which would be like these, these documents that would help people to secure systems and you know, really help. Is, is, I think cybersecurity is very community focused as well. I think that's another aspect of it. Uh, not only mission, but community, because people are just looking to share knowledge to succeed in their goals and not um, not just like trying to grab information for themselves and, you know, go off and profiteer off it or something like that. Like it's extremely mission, you know, it's community focused as well. I feel like you're all in it together. Like we're all after the same mission of making sure that you know, every, you know, individual's information is secure and how we all go about that's a little bit different in terms of the problems we're solving. And from an educational piece, there's definitely community based there because you're just giving people the right tools to be able to take that and then teach. And then it just perpetuates, which is uh, beautiful. In terms of the messaging you're doing and the marketing tactics you do in terms of bringing your mission to life, Mm-hmm. You know, how are you approaching that? We talked about demand gen, but let's break that down a little bit. Like what, how are you getting people to care about your mission? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that, I mean, what helps us already is that we do have a very strong brand from just being, being in the industry for, for quite a long time and people have heard of us and, and that sort of thing. So that, that definitely helps us. Um, but like just, I mean, specific tactics, like we, we started a podcast uh, back in March of, of 2021 um, and, uh, you know, s- since then, we've just been building up the frequency of the episodes and the content, and the variety and all of these things. And I feel like that's something that the community has responded very positively to. And it's really helped, you know, not only build the brand even more, but just communicate this information that you can't always do with a blog post or you can't always do with um, e- our social posts or, or whatever. Uh, so, 
Yeah, so I think the podcast has been really essential. And then I think I made, I mentioned, um, you know, non-direct response paid social actually is just another tactic where, you know, enables us to get our story and get our mission out there to an audience that may not have heard of us um, and may not, may, you know, may not be familiar with us, but we can reach the, the job titles that make sense or we can reach the, the personas that we want, um, even if they're not already following us on, on LinkedIn, for example, or, or Facebook. Um, so yeah, I, I think just th those those are just two examples, uh, real quick that I mentioned earlier as well. All right, let's get like ridiculously meta right now because <laughs> okay, I'm, sure. I'm clearly a big fan of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, having you on and hosting one myself, um, mm -hmm. but I do think there's incredible power. I mean, the reason why I do a podcast is from from a connection standpoint, like I want to be connected to the community of what's really going on out there and what really matters to you all. And then right. to be able to share that and create this sense of I'm not alone because, you know, especially that's being isolated right now in COVID and just right. working remotely, like there's definitely the sense of feeling alone and the challenges we're facing. And so that's really my mission with having a podcast and obviously there's repercussions on how that impacts my brand but that's not why i created it so for your business and from an education standpoint i think that makes a ton of sense but what's the premise of your podcast do you do interviews do you is it just people talking up you know from your company like what how did you get started what was the basis for you guys creating a podcast what was your mission with it yeah, so I mean, there's actually kind of two answers to that question because we started it um, in March 2021 and it was really community focused. Like we would interview, um, have a couple of our community managers uh, or product managers or other people uh, interview community members who were interesting or relevant to different topics, uh, even if it wasn't directly relevant to what maybe courses we're offering at the moment. Uh, but just, just really to, to give a platform for different community members within our space. So that, that's really where it started. Um, and then since then, it's evolved to having additional episodes starting this year, uh, which are more focused on, you know, content that's coming directly from us in a sense of like, you know, we have a, uh, a, someone that just started with our, our company recently and she has a PhD and she's very, you know, active and involved in this sort of topics. And, and so she's really just sort of giving information that would be helpful to our, to our listeners related to cybersecurity training and um, et cetera. And then the last piece that we just started is um, interviews with our content developers and the content developers are those who actually write the courses. Uh, so again, this is just something that we thought people would be very interested to hear, you know, or, you know, people are devoted to our courses, they really like them. So, so let's hear directly from the people who are actually like writing them uh, and producing them. How's it going? Yeah, good. I mean, we, we've had some great responses. I mean, we, we had one episode that has done very well in particular, but, you know, all the episodes have been uh, pretty well received so far, both in terms of metrics and, and also just qualitative data that we receive on, on social media and other places. So what's one fun fact that you sort of picked up from just like listening to all these episodes as a collective, like what's one aha moment that you've had? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think that, um, you know, probably, again, it's, it's how important the community really is. I mean, especially in, 
this uh, industry the, of, of cybersecurity, I think. But again, it's, it's important in marketing. It's important in all, you know, in industrial engineers or software. You know, everything is, is very important in, in a lot of industries or really all industries, I would say. Um, but, you know, in terms of cybersecurity, I think the aha moment is just like, wow, you know, like, you know, we can have people on who are, you know, maybe tangentially related to what we're doing, but it still like kind of works in a way that just is very interesting for people and very relevant and, um, you know, exciting for, for our listeners to, to learn about these different experiences people have and how they got into it, uh, to cybersecurity, their struggles, their, um, you know, kind of the personal side behind um, the, these people who maybe are kind of well known based on their their uh, screen name or what you know their, their, whatever you want to call it. like people don't even know their name but it's just their Twitter handle or whatever their handle is. Um, so anyway, that that's that, I guess that's kind of a an aha moment. Yeah, it really humanizes it, doesn't it? For sure. Yeah, yeah. I found the same thing. It's been just really awesome. I'm and totally empowered by doing these, and I can't like. It's just like we talk a lot about the things that bring you energy during the day and the things that don't, right? Like what are the things that keep you going and what are the things that drain your energy? And this is definitely something for me that is just really powerful. Um, And it's so, it just lives on. Like I find episodes from six seasons ago that people are listening to, like once (laughs) they get, you know, once you hook someone and they're really like, oh, that was really interesting. And then they sort of go on this journey of like navigating your content and they might not exactly. listen to all of them, but then they hear something and they're like, oh, I'm in. And then they'll listen to the next one and then the next one and then the next one. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, it's um, it's really cool to see that. I've, I've, that was sort of my aha moment of like, this isn't a moment in time where this is only relevant right now. Sure, sure. There's episodes from two years ago, people are finding still really relevant. and. I think exactly. with cybersecurity being such a hot topic, but also really hard challenge to crack, like right. definitely content that and educational content that you all are producing is definitely something that mm-hmm. will live on for sure. So how, so you're producing it. It's a lot of work for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you, it sounds like you have sort of three avenues of how you're navigating the types of episodes. And then what are you doing with it? Yeah, um, I mean, we we put it on all the major platforms, and then from there we we put it, we have an email newsletter that we feature it in every month, just telling you know, hey, here's the new episodes that came out in the past month or or so, um, or highlight certain ones, and then we also have a very fo- a large following on social media organically, so uh, so it's just something that we regularly post about when there's a new episode and just kind of gets excited people excited, and I think something that we're going to start doing that we haven't really done yet. Um, is to is to take like little segments. We're, we're starting to do video versions of some of these episodes as well, uh, which we hadn't done before. And then just taking a a micro like three four minute segment from the episode, drop the video. It's on YouTube, and then drop it on um, in LinkedIn or or some you know other platforms depending on length. And then uh, just have like a little description of of uh, what, you know some some post about the topic that we're talking about or the guest is talking about. And just a way to you know kind of spread spread the uh, the word about uh, what we're doing in, in our podcast that way. It's pretty amazing how one piece of content yes, can turn yeah. in, especially if you're doing video. That's so brave. I have not cracked that code yet. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, 
from a visual standpoint, especially stories. Like I feel like social stories and, and being able to do video is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Have you guys sure. dabbled with that at all? I mean, stories are kind of new, like new, but not really. But if you can do them right, they work really well. Yeah, I think it, we're just beginning to kind of get into that. We, I, it hasn't been something that we've really done historically, but um, I think it, it would be, uh, it's, it's worthwhile, obviously. It's one of those things where it's like too many options. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, you know, you're doing SEO, right? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> Weird. I mean but just by, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's sort of the beauty of a podcast is this, this never-ending content that's always refreshing your website. And then, oh, look, you publish to this thing over here, which publishes it to eight platforms over here, which then links back to your website. It's kind of magical. No, that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's a good point. It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of the, new, the newer way of doing it, I, I suppose, but it's a very good way. An efficient, a very efficient yes, way, very I would say. <laughs> We're just starting to dabble, like what I just asked my team. I was like, Mm -hmm. what does this mean? Like, I've been doing this for two years. Yes. I never really thought about the SEO question. Like, what does it mean? They're like, oh, let me go investigate. So they're like digging into the data, like trying to uncover like how the podcast has impacted our website, which is really fun. Um, I was like, oh, we're like doing SEO. (laughs) Yeah. And if you have the transcripts of the episodes, which I I think you do, (laughs) then that's another avenue of, of doing it. So, yeah. Do you guys have the transcripts? Are you? We, we don't at this point, no. Um, but I think that's a, that's a good idea. It's a good idea to do that. Otter.ai. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not perfect. You'll need somebody to sit there and clean it up a bit, but it gets like sure. you 85% of the way there. Nice. Okay, great. Yeah, and then that's such a good point because then you have the transcripts live. And, it's, and again, with accessibility, I think that's really important because audio is right. definitely taken off and is create accessibility for a whole different audience, but we want to also not leave the other audience behind of people who read. So exactly, exactly. Good mix. Definitely. Oh, I love, I love um, have you thought of any other ways of like how you monetize the podcast? You definitely talked about a lot about sharing it, but, and, and cutting it, which I think is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm dabbling right now. I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I'm dabbling right now with paid of like, when we talk about demand gen and just awareness, I mean, have you, have you played around with paid at all when it, when it comes to sharing out the podcast? Um, not yet. I mean, we're, we're, it's relatively new, as I mentioned, um, and uh, the podcast that is that that we have. Uh, so yeah, and I, I think, I mean, for us, it's, it's really, we're thinking, I guess, primarily about like having these content pillars that then we can repurpose in a, a million different ways and different avenues. Um, so, yeah. I could talk about this all day clearly. And I just had a conversation with a friend of mine who's also thinking about starting, um, I don't call it a podcast because he's doing a very different approach, but just this, okay. this idea of audio, which is just yeah. really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned the podcast, you mentioned newsletters. How else are you getting your mission out there? What other avenues are you using to really help bring this to life? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, our organic social following is is very, um, you know, very substantial. I would say just because the brand is is so well known over the years. Um, so, it, and we have three hundred thousand followers on LinkedIn. We just we just passed that, that mark, uh, I think, last week. And 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and Twitter has a very active following Facebook and we just, we just are starting to build out YouTube, as I mentioned, um, with podcast episodes mm -hmm. and we do like walkthroughs of uh, what we call walkthroughs, basically like hacking, a, <laughs> a hacking machine and showing how it works and kind of like a how-to video essentially for, yeah. for our, for our audience. So like we have those, um, done live and then we record them, upload them to YouTube, you know, so there's kind of like all these different content avenues that we're trying to do that way. Um, and I think especially this year, our goal is, is video, just, we haven't, um, had as much, um, you know, video say on YouTube, especially mm -hmm. available. So it's really just finding ways to, to, to produce that. And, and also maybe even TikTok. who knows <laughs> what, uh, if so it, what if it, yeah, exactly. So, uh, if you're so doing videos, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, video is definitely a harder medium because of the production quality it takes. I want to go back to social for a second, though, because 300,000 followers is no small feat. Like, hats off to your team. How? Yeah, I mean, I think I really think I, I just goes back, I, I believe, from well, it's two things. I mean, it's, it's the strength of the brand because the people are very loyal and know about us. And in this particular space, like we're kind of like the, the Harvard of penetration testing and whatever, you know, because we're just like the most people consider us to be like very prestigious. If you get our certification, you can just walk into any job. You know, it's very easy to get a job because people will either require the certification or that they have it. Then that puts you, the, you know, the front of the line. Um, so I think because of uh, the brand and the prestige of the certifications that we offer, uh, that's part of it. But also like we've had very talented people, um, not really my, myself, actually, I haven't been doing day-to-day -day social media management for us, but we've had very talented people over the years to just really manage the social and um, have like an interesting posts every day and just engagement. And uh, we even have like one of our C-level executives who, who actively uh, manages Part of the Twitter aspect of it, just to kind of keep the message uh, consistent with what we've, always, you know, kind of who we are as a, as a brand, because he's been with the company forever, and um, you know, so he's really active too. So yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting because the community is so tight knit and and people know us so well. I think that's just you know, and we're active on it, so I think that's kind of a good combination to to get there. It sounds like consistency and multiple activity, multiple meaning multiple people involved. Yes, yes, yes. That. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's so hard to be consistent with social, I find. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm impressed by the, uh, you know, Sam, who, who manages our social right now, primarily, like she just does an amazing job of planning it all out and having a post every day and um, really having engaging content that's interesting and maybe something a little wacky on Fridays and all kinds of <laughs> stuff that's just kind of keeps it interesting. And I, I think she does an amazing job. So, yeah. It sounds like all the content y'all produce is really helpful in that because I think that's where the big struggle with social is. If you don't have good, compelling content, then your social, it's hard to get your social off the ground. Would you, is that a good observation in your experience? It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, because of the podcast, because of the blog posts that we're publishing or other content that we have available to community or videos or whatever, um, that really helps us to both have something to, you know, I don't want to say promote or, or to include in social, but also content that we can draw from to do micro posts, uh, you know, versions of the, of the content within social as well. So it's kind of a mix of all of that. I think, I think your team and your company are a prime example of what useful 
the power of useful content. Like that's just sort of who you are at your core, which is so interesting. And I think a lot of brands are trying to catch up to that in being a product first and then trying to be useful to the community afterwards, so to speak, to bring them in and have them care. But to your point of being mission first, it's being useful first. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I think if you're not if you're not being useful to your customers and your customers' customers, then uh, you, you know you're you're just sort of some commodity, and people are trying to you know outbid you know your competitors are just outbidding you, and it's it's this bidding war. So yeah, it's not it's a race to the bottom when when you're a commodity, and I, I think you really have to be seen as a sort of either prestigious or or whatever it is, um, you, you know, some sort of brand that really has a lot of affinity in people's minds. Where you care. And people care, yeah, exactly. Oh, this was so helpful, Chris. I think a lot of brands are trying to figure out like how to be useful and how to give back to their community. And podcasting is a great, amazing way to do that. Having a mission first is critical, but then how you build content around that mission to get it out into the world. I think you and what you're doing in your company are a great example of that. So thank you for joining me and sharing. Yeah, definitely. Before we close out, I do have my, my people first questions to, you know, we're all humans here more than marketers and it's just nice to connect beyond that. So are you ready? Yeah, sure. Okay. My first question for you is have you picked up any new hobbies this, these last two years? I feel like COVID's changed things and we've all gotten into something a little different. So has that happened for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so uh, in 2021, I actually, uh, my wife and I published a novel, a dystopian novel uh, that we co-authored. So uh, the writing of it was was not new within the last few years, but the marketing of it is, is something that's, that's new uh, for me because I'm the, you know, kind of the primary one being a marketer. Um, but I think the marketing uh, B2B cybersecurity brand versus a, a, a novel is, is quite different. So, I mean, the fundamentals are the same, but uh, there's a lot of kind of tactics that are different and all that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, if people are interested, spellmanbooks.com is, is our site where we uh, have some more information about it. You and your wife wrote a book. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. I've heard more couples struggle than like partnering on really cool projects. So that's <laughs> inspiring. Um, yeah. It's been tough. It's been tough. So to hear positivity in that is just awesome. Um, Okay. Second question for you. Uh, Obviously we're all remote now. You're clearly, you know, uh, upstate New York and your team is sporadic. So if you could be with your team, um, whether that's by you all getting together for an all hands or coming together periodically, or whether that's because you're supposed to be in person, just haven't gotten there yet, whatever the case If you were with your people and you were walking the floor and saying hi and connecting, what song would you want playing overhead? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question, as you mentioned, because we are a distributed company and uh, we haven't gotten together too much uh, just in the last couple of years because of COVID and so on. But but yeah, I, I think that something high energy, something kind of eclectic and interesting for me. So I was thinking like the oh hellos. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's they're a little bit lesser known, but I think that they, they they consider themselves to be eclectic folk rock. I think is how they call them, you know, self-describe themselves. But um, I actually listen to their music when I'm writing the the fiction series. My wife does as well, actually. So it's kind of just really sparks creativity and energy and 
they have a song called Trees, which is my favorite. So it's just very high energy, youthful uh, sound. So I, I would go with that. Well, that will be on our Spotify playlist for season <laughs> 11. So be sure to tune in. Um, all right, last question for you, Chris. If you could travel anywhere in the world without any roadblocks in your way, mm. where would you go and why? Yeah, so um, it, it's a tough question because I would like to explore a lot of places and new places and, and things like that. But I think that I would go with Rome um, just because I went there and my wife and I went there on our honeymoon and I've always wanted to go back. I haven't been back since then. Uh, really love the history, the beauty and architecture, um, the gelato. That's you so know, good. And, uh, exactly. So I, and we threw our coins in the Trevi Fountain. So uh, that means we'll be going back. So. Yes. It's been a while, but it's on my list. I love Rome. Rome and <laughs> Florence. And, yes, and yes. Uh, we did Pisa. So we did Rome, Florence, and Pisa. And it, was, uh, mm-hmm. it fell out of this world. It felt just, yeah. It's beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Chris. It was so good to see you and to hear your story and share the power of being mission focused and layering how you bring that to life. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, Carrie. my conversation with Chris Spellman. If you'd like to connect with Chris, you can find him on LinkedIn. His profile is in the show notes. You should also head over to Offensive Security and dig into their content. They are becoming a publisher in the cybersecurity space, and there's a lot we can learn from what Chris and Offensive Security are doing in terms of leading with a clear mission. Link is in the show notes. In the next episode, I chat with Kaya Adams and Alex McWethy. As the demand generation team, they built a BDR team. Yup, you heard me. The marketing department built a sales extension and it has exploded in terms of revenue for WatchGuard. So stay on and the autoplay will take you there. Thank you for tuning into season 11. This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency that helps cybersecurity and data companies get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG. Music mix and mastering done by Austin Ellis. And if you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.